This is Bethel Temple Church's podcast. Here at Bethel Temple, our desire is to see people changed, delivered, and set free as they experience the light of Jesus. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Amen. Come on, give God some praise one more time. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm so glad to see you, and I'm glad to see uh, people in the audience. Amen. I know you still were there, but there's something about you being here. Amen. But we welcome those of you that are joining us um, via live stream as well, and we're glad you have been been, uh, uh, consistent and persistent in joining in each and every week. Listen, can can we all uh, agree that um, uh, uh, in the statement, what a difference a week makes? Man, I stood before you last week, and I, I, I talked about the, the, the focus that God had put on my heart for 2021, and it's a focus that, that focused on unity, and it's about us coming together, you know, you know being un, united, one God, one church, one body. And, and so, man, the events of last week, as, as they played out, it made it so much more evident the importance of that message, of that focus. If you don't realize by now that, that it's time for us to get unified together in this world, in this country, and definitely in the body of Christ, uh, it's, it's time. Now, now, when I say this, this is a great, you know, this, uh, I look at it as a great message, but not great because I came up with it. It's nothing that I, 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 I made up or nothing that I, 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 there's something brand new that Pastor Charles has introduced no, because that's, that's not what I'm saying, but it's a great message because it's a message that needs to be heard, not only here, but around the world. And the thing about it is this. See, unity is not brand new to God. See, we might be talking about unity this year as a focus, but, but unity is not a man idea. See, man didn't create unity. Man didn't come up with, you know what, let's come up with this word called unity. No, God is the one who created unity. See, unity is a man, is a God idea, not a man idea. See, so for 2021, God gave that message because that's the message he wanted. He wanted us to focus on something he's already called us to do and to be, to represent. And that's being unified as one. And I would encourage you to do all that you can do to walk that out in your life. We need to be unified. We, we see all the things that are happening around the world that causes us to know, that lets us know without a shadow of a doubt, there's a unity deficit in this world. There's a unity deficit in this country. And there's a unity deficit, sadly to say, in the body of Christ. But he's calling on us. See, there's something that's missing. Listen, I, I, I think about, you know, my wife, you know, when she's cooking and, 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 and men, you probably can identify with this. You know, when they're cooking and they're right in the middle of doing something and they get to a point and they figure out they got something missing. Some ingredient that they need to finish this meal is missing. And so you know what's going to happen next. Honey, can you run to the store? And we got to go run to the store so we can get that missing ingredient so that she can finish making that meal. And guess what? I'm going to go get the ingredient because I want to reap that benefit of the meal. And that's what God is calling right now. The missing ingredient, there's a missing ingredient right now in this world, and that missing ingredient is unity. 
And see, God is allowing us now to get that missing ingredient and to begin to get it back where it's supposed to be so we can reap the benefits. See, when we get all unified together, we'll begin to really truly experience God's outpouring on us as the body of Christ and in this world. So you got to understand, there's a, there's, a, there's a whole group of people, I talked about it last week, that's out there. They're lost. They're out there like a sheep without a shepherd, and they're roaming to and from. Guess what? The enemy is destroying them left and right, left and right. He's grabbing them while they're outside of the ark of safety and, and so that they can be with him. See, because his fate is already sealed, and he already knows where he's going to end up. But see, God is allowing us this opportunity. He's, he's giving us this do-over time so we can go in now and begin to bring the unity together that we need to bring so that God can really move in the earth. See, 2020 exposed something. We began to really see just how, 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 how divided we are in the country and, like I said, in the church. But you know what? I just want to, I'm making this clarion call. I'm standing tall today, and I'm going to make a, a bold statement. Listen, we ain't going out like that. Yeah, that's some bad English, but we're not going out like that. See, the devil is not going to win. See, I refuse to keep silent and watch him, watch him do this. Look, watch him steal our unity. See, that's what he's done. He's the one. See, he's the thief. So he wants to steal. See, he wants to kill our churches. See, see, when we get, we get all divided up, guess what? We can't function as one body. So that, just, that, that, that deforms the ministry. It deforms the church. It deforms the message of the gospel going out. And see, that's what he wants to do. He wants to steal our unity, kill our churches. Guess what? So then he can do what? So he can destroy our witness. See, because we can't witness when we all jacked up ourselves. We can't go out here and stand tall talking about, come, come, I'll come. Let me tell you about my Lord and Savior when we all messed up. So I'm going to continue. I'm going to cry loud. I'm going to spare not. I'm going to say the word of God. I ain't talking about things. I'm, I'm not talking about opinions of Pastor Charles. I'm talking about what the word of God says, that we're supposed to be unified together. See, see what I'm saying is this. It, it doesn't matter because man didn't create unity. See, and man didn't create the church. See, the church is God's. And see, the church is not, 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 it, the church is not ruled by no left side or right side. It's only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. See, see, our God is in control. He's the creator of this thing, and he's the one that's ruling this thing. He's the one that we have to look to, and he's the one that we have to depend on. God's church. It's God's church. Listen to what uh, Jesus told Peter in Matthew 16, 18. He said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And guess what? No, he wasn't talking about Peter. He was talking about himself. See, the church, see, he is the chief cornerstone. He's the one that the church is being built upon on Jesus Christ. And the last time I looked, I ain't seen Jesus on the left, and I ain't seen Jesus on the right. Jesus just holy. Jesus just righteous. His platform is sure. See, he ain't never lost. He never got defeated. He's won every victory that he's been in. He's our rock. Hallelujah. I hope he's your rock. <laughs> and see what God is doing he's giving us an opportunity 
See, see, I told you, crisis, crisis breeds opportunity. And guess what? We were in a crisis in 2020, and guess what? In 2021, we're in another crisis. We still had the same crisis, now we got some more crisis added to it. What's going to happen? God has given us an opportunity. See, He's going to give us an opportunity. He's given us an opportunity to begin to initiate the process of change. See, it's not about us being like we were. It's about time that we begin to stand on the foundation, which is only Jesus Christ. See, see, when the Scripture says that the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, it ain't talking about nobody but Jesus Christ. Nobody takes the place of that stone. Nobody is the foundation but Him. So everything is built upon Him. Everything is going to stay stayed in place on Him and nothing else and nobody else. God has given us a chance. Matter of fact, he's given us chance after chance after chance, and it's time for us to do the things that he's given us the chance to do. See, it's time for us to tear down these walls that divide us. It's time for us to become united as one. That's what he called us for. Look, he modeled it from the very beginning. He's one. One, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're not fighting and warring against each other, saying, I'm greater than you and you greater than me. I got this over here and I got that over there. I want to do it this way. You want to do it that way. No, they're one. Now, if the all-powerful God, the almighty sovereign one, can function together in a triune a, a, a relationship, how come we can't, down here on this earth, begin to love and, and be in, I mean, uni, and unified together as one people? That, because guess what? He's only coming back for one. He's only coming back for one. See, when we get united, we can truly be the light. See, but we all divided. You got some light over there, and you got a little bit of light over here, but you got darkness over here. But when we come together, we can light up the whole way. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a light for Jesus Christ. I want to be a light to the world. I want to be able to light up every corner, every place I go. I want to make a difference. I don't want anybody to be turned off by, you know, by anything I do or I say. Because if I represent Christ in all I do, guess what? It's going to draw them to him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Last week, I, I, I shared three reasons about the importance of us being united together. And I, and I use this great football illustration. I'm a, I'm a football guy. I love football. I love sports. But the first thing I say is that we're all on the same team. It's only one team. It's only one team, and that team is Jesus Christ. If you're a disciple of him, you're on one team. There's no second string. There's no junior varsity. No, it's one team. United together. <clears throat> Listen, we're all facing the same opponent. I told you last week, the person that didn't vote like you is not your enemy. The person who doesn't look like you is not your enemy. That's not who your enemy is. We got one enemy. His name is Satan. He's the devil. See, he's the one. He's after the people over there. He's after the people over here. The scripture said he come to kill, steal, and destroy. Point blank. It don't say based on what you do or where you live or how you look or what you think. He come to kill, steal, and destroy. That's our enemy. 
And if you don't know who your enemy is, you're going to fight the wrong people. You end up fighting your own teammates. And you can't advance anything when you're fighting, fighting against one another. Then there's only one game plan. Ain't no plan over here, no plan over there. It's only one. It's one game plan. The game plan is to go out and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our only message. The gospel message. We got one playbook. This is your playbook right here. This is the playbook. It's the only playbook that we use. This is the only thing that guides us. This is what leads us. And if it ain't in here, that ain't the play. See, these are all very critical. We've got to begin to put these into action. We've got to begin to walk in this thing called unity. What is it? Look, Holman Bible Dictionary defines unity. It's real simple. It's the state of being undivided. Oneness. Oneness. Just one. And it's easy to understand. See, I think we all understand what unity is. But sometimes it's very difficult to walk it out. And sometimes it's hard to walk it out. And so today and over the next couple of Sundays, that's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on some insight and some practical ways to walk this thing out. See, we're talking about walking in unity. We're going to walk in unity. Turn with me to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. This is going to be the verse we're going to stand for the next couple of weeks. <clears throat> fourth chapter, beginning at the first verse. And I'm going to be reading from the NIV version this time. And it says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you, this is, this is Paul speaking, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body. There is one body. There is one spirit. There is only one spirit. Just like you were called to one hope. You and you were called. You notice about this oneness. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. One. Come on, just say one. Wherever you are, just say one. See, the Apostle Paul, he, he starts his letter to the saints in Ephesus. He, he, he starts by saying, I urge you. See, 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 that word urge is translated, he's appealing. He, he, he's exhorting, he's encouraging. You know, this, this is a, he's expressing a sense of urgency. See, now, now, now he, he, he's in prison, but he's expressing a sense of urgency to something that they need to do. He wasn't talking about, oh, I'm sister of urgency because I need to get set free. No, he saw the need to let them know in an urgent way, you need to get united. You need to get, you know, begin to walk as one, as the Father is one with the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's a sense of urgency. And I believe there's a sense of urgency today for the body of Christ. See, there's a sense of urgency. And so what I'm doing today is I'm urging you. I'm urging you. And I'm urging you. 
I'm urging the world. I'm urging the whole body of Christ. I'm giving you it's a sense of urgency that we've got to get together and be one. Yeah. We've got to unite. See, 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 I'm encouraging you because God has called us. See, we've been called. The calling that we have is a calling that comes from God. You didn't call yourself. See, sometimes you have your phone, you can dial your own self. And you're trying to figure out, man, who's calling me? I'm calling myself. No, this is a calling that comes from God. And it's not to be taken lightly. The call of God is a serious call. See, see, it's, it's about, it's, and it's not just the intellectual part. It's not even about the fact that I came to the altar and I, and, and I accepted Jesus, but it's how you're going to live after you do that. How you living. See, that's the sacred part of your call. See, because if you've been called to something and you're saying, oh, yes, Jesus has come into my life. He's changed my heart. I'm no longer the same. Then somebody should know that. Somebody should recognize that. Somebody should be, as a matter of fact, somebody should be trying to find out what makes you different. Why are you so different? And that gives you the opportunity to be able to say, oh, it's the Jesus in me. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen, <clears throat> so look, look at how the, how, the, how the Scripture says it. The NIV says, live a life worthy. But, but, but the other versions say, walk worthy. How you're walking is how you're living. It ain't how you pimping. It's how you living. And see, whatever version you're using, see, our calling is just not for information to be learned. But it's about, it's about a life that you have to live. It's about living this thing, walking it out. See, when you say you're you, you, you walking in unity, oh, people know it. How do they know it? Because you ain't talking negative about nobody. You're not, you're not dividing no line and saying, this is my line, and that's, this is, they, they of the devil, and they this and they. No, listen, anybody who ain't saved is on their way to a burning hell, so that should be our main focus. How can I get somebody saved today? Not trying to stand on any kind of platform or any kind of political position or supporting this person or that person. I support Jesus. He's the one that I'm going to herald every day. That's the name I'm going to call every day. When the name I want people to hear coming out of my voice is Jesus Christ. Whoo. Listen, the Christian walk is not static. That means what? That means it, it, it's not something that, that is just stationary. See, you don't just get saved to go sit down. You don't just go get saved so some, you know, somebody saw you go down the altar, but your life doesn't reflect anything beyond that. No, no, it's dynamic, which means that, which means that it's active. See, you, 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 look, we, live a, we, we serve a God that's alive. We don't serve no wooden statue. We don't serve nothing made of bronze. We serve a God that's living, that, 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 that is alive, and, and that, that walks with us and talks with us, and, 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 and is with us every day. And so your life should reflect that. Your life should be active. And so what I want to cover today, Paul talks about in the first part of this text, he talks about four virtues uh, that we need to make sure that we are, are, are putting into practice as to walk in unity. And so I want to talk about these four virtues. And they're very simple virtues, humility, gentleness, patience, and love. I'm going to say them again. Humility, gentleness, Patience and love. 
These are virtues that if you're walking in unity, these things will be represented in your life. But if you're not walking in unity, they won't be. These are the same virtues that's found in Colossians, the third chapter, uh, verses 12 to 15, where Paul talks about things we need to put on and put off. Let me say that again because maybe this is going to help somebody today. Look, the same virtues that, 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 that we're talking about over here in the church of Ephesus, you know, these same four virtues, humility, gentleness, patience, and love, Paul was talking about those same virtues when he was talking about things we need to put off and things we need to put on. See, when we take off our old stuff, you know, we, we put on something new. See, when we put on, take off the old man, we put on the new man. We don't go back and pick the old man back up and put him on top of the new man because it contaminates what you got. So I want to talk about these four virtues very briefly. The first one I want to talk about is, is, is humility. Humility. See, see, it has everything to do with being humble. See, see, it's talking about showing total dependence on God, and it's also talking about considering others, uh-oh, above yourself. Now, 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 being humble is not something that is always looked upon as a good thing in this current society. See, we live in this society that, that people are always talking about me, my. See, it's about self-preservation. It's about self-advancement. What can I do? Who can I become? Uh, it's all about numero uno. But that's not what walking in humility is about. See, walking in humility is about considering somebody else better than yourself. It doesn't mean that you neglect yourself, but you can consider the other one. That's humility. <clears throat> it's one of the supreme virtues in Christianity. It's supreme. We need to be doing this. We need to be practicing this. <laughs> Look, Christ is our greatest example. We say we love Christ. We're disciples of Christ. You know, all, everybody that's, that's, that's watching me today, that you're a disciple of Christ, then you should be able to, to walk in humility. Why? Because Jesus did it. Look at Philippians, the second chapter. Come on. Begin at the third verse. It says this, do nothing. Uh -uh. It didn't say do some things. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Uh-oh, that's the Word of God. That's not something I made up. Value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as, uh-oh, your Savior. Have the same mindset as Jesus. It goes on to say, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Are you listening to the word of God? <sighs> he didn't consider it to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Have we got any servants in the house? Or oh, everybody wants to be up on the high hill? Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Humbleness, humility, extraordinaire. 
And how can we walk around and say we don't want to be humble? Look, though he was God, he made himself low. This is God. Look, though he had the right to rule, he, he instead became a servant. How many people you know that got the right to be the leader, who got the right to be up top, but say, oh no, I'm going to take the low ground. Look, though he was holy and righteous, listen, he, he died a criminal's death on a cross. But he did it for you, and he did it for me. See, he is our greatest example of humility, and I would encourage each of you to begin to walk in humility like Jesus Christ. Don't follow nobody else but Jesus Christ, because if you follow him, you'll walk in true humility. The second virtue is walking, uh-uh, uh-uh, in, being in gentleness. Uh-oh, here we go. See, 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 a lot of times people are characterized, uh, who, who, are, who are seen as being gentle, people look at them as being weak. See, see, they, 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 they. but that's, that's so far from the truth. I'm going to show you why. See, gentleness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. It means this, to submit one, listen, listen to this definition, to submit one's uh, 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 strength in a posture of meekness. It didn't say you was weak, but it says to, to submit your strength in meekness. That means you ain't got to walk all with the big head because, you know, you, you got the ability to do so. See, see, <laughs> gentleness is it, it, so misunderstood. See, it's having, listen, this is good. It's having the right or the power to do something. But, 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 but you exercise restraint for the benefit of the greater good. Oh, you can do it. You got the power and you got the authority. But is that going to be the best for the situation? Is that going to be the best witness for Jesus? Is that going to be the best thing that's going to bring glory to God? Exercising restraint. <laughs> see, see, it's not about being right. See, we get hung up on right, but you need to add another piece to that. See, it's more about being righteous, not right. See, we always want to be right, but you need to be righteous, not right. See, 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 contrary to the popular opinion, see, see, meekness is not weakness. <laughs> it's quite the opposite. Listen, I look at it like this. It's strength under control. Strength under control. Now, now we know that we, it, now, I'm going to be honest. We, ain't none of us perfect. Y'all do realize that, right? So, so we're not going to always, we can't, we, we, none of us are walking perfectly in this thing. But that's not our excuse. Because we're striving every day. See, we're not perfect, but there's nothing wrong with striving for perfection. You're going to miss the mark a little bit. See, there's only one who was perfect in it, and that's Jesus. See, see but he showed us the way. As a matter of fact, he, he used that same word to, to, to describe himself. See, that's why I don't understand how, how we walk in such error. We don't want to be humble. We don't want to be gentle. But we say we're serving Jesus. 
And Jesus did all those things. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle. The almighty God, the all-powerful one, he got all power in his hand. But he what? He said, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. I don't think you're calling Jesus weak, are you? Because it, 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 it being meek is weak. Jesus said that, that, that I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and Jesus ain't weak nowhere. <laughs> see, see, he was God. He, he was God. He, he, look, he was God in human form. He was the incarnate one. He had all power. He had all power. Yet, 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 he was restrained. See, because they, look, if Jesus didn't want to go to the cross, he ain't had to go. He ain't had to go. He didn't have to go. He didn't have to go from, from place to place, on trial to trial, mistreated and beat and whipped. and No. He had to do none of that. But he did it. See, he, 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 he could have come riding on the biggest, baddest stallion that ever could be created. Only one of a kind. But he came in a stinking manger with animals. And then later on, what was he riding? A donkey. Gentleness. Humbleness. The next virtue is this, patience. Uh-oh. I, 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 just, I just ain't got no patience. Patience. Homer Dictionary, Dictionary defines patience as endurance, steadfastness, long-suffering, and forbearance. Ooh. Endurance, steadfastness, long-suffering, and forbearance. In other words, patience is about being long-tempered, not short-tempered. You know any short-tempered people? Don't raise your hand because you know yourself. I used to be short-tempered, real short-tempered. Thank God for Jesus and his salvation. But, it's, but, 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 but patience is being uh, uh, long-tempered. See, it, 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 it's about demonstrating self-restraint. See, when you patience, you're going to have some restraint. See, you're not going to fly off the handle and say, you know, look, look, you made me say that. Or you made me act like that. Oh, y'all know how I am. No, I don't know how you are if you name Jesus as Lord and Savior. Because that's not how you're supposed to be. See, what you do, uh, 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 you, you, you stay calm. You stay controlled. Even when there's opportunity for you to retaliate, when there's opportunity for you to get even, you don't even think about that. You're not thinking about how I'm going to get them back. You don't think about, well, I'm gonna, look, you, you come at me, I'm coming back at you. I ain't turning no other cheek. They slap me, I'm slapping them back. You say something bad about me, I'm saying something back. You put something on my page on Facebook, I'm coming back at you. I figured I'd bring it on so everybody can kind of get with me. See, see, despite your, despite your differences and, and, and different opinions, opposing opinions, you still offer restraint. See, you don't look at people based on their faults and based on their choices, but you look at people based on how you think Jesus will be looking at them. 
And when he looked out at the crowd, he had eyes of compassion. He, 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 he felt, oh God, I need, to, I, need to, I need to help them. Not hurt them. Not push them to the side. See, see, God's patience toward us should be our greatest example. Now, if you don't realize God been patient with you, something's wrong with you. Because see, how many times we done fail? How many times we done fail short? How many times we done sinned? How many times you say, God, forgive me, Lord. Lord, I ain't going to do that again. God, I'm not going to be back there again. And guess what? Be right back there again. And you're back again. God, forgive me. God, Lord, just, just Lord, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord. How many times you done told the Lord you're sorry for the same thing? And God continues to have patience for us, patience toward us. And what does he do? He forgives us time in, time again, time again, time again. Because he's patient with us. I'm glad God is patient. Look at what it says in Romans 15 and 5. It says, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded. See, that's the thing. See, we want the patience. We want God to be patient with us, but we don't want to be like-minded. But the Scripture says, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another. See, we're asking for the wrong thing. We always ask him, God, just forgive me. God, Lord, just have patience with me. God is telling you, no, I want you to be patient with everybody else. Practice what you're preaching. Practice what you're asking me for. Put it into action in your life. The last one, last one, walking in love. Whew, love. Woo, what's love got to do with it? Everything. So you see, humility, gentleness, look, and patience, they all, look, look, they're all rooted in love. See, the reason why you can't be humble is because you can't love. The reason why you can't be patient is because something's wrong with your love. The reason why you can't be gentle is because something's wrong with your love. See, love is the foundation of it all. Love is what sent Jesus to the cross. Love is what, 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 what caused the Father to send Jesus. Love is what caused each one of us to get up today. It was love. Listen, we have to have love for God and love for each other. Come on, we know in Matthew 22. Come on, what does it tell us? That we should love the Lord our God, what? With all of our heart. Look, with all of our soul and all our minds. But don't stop right there. It tells you this is the first and the great commandment. But then, then, then it goes on to say uh, there's a second one just like it. We forget the second one a lot of times. But the second one just like it says you got to love your neighbor as yourself. See, this is no ordinary love. It's extraordinary love. See, the love that we're talking about is that agape kind of love. See, it's a selfless love. See, it's an unconditional love. It's not a love based on what you do. It's not based on who you are. It's just a love that comes from God. <laughs> Listen, God loved us so much. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated his love to us. Look, when we weren't even looking this way, when we were walking in our sin, he sent Jesus to die for us. While we still, look, we turned on God. I'm talking about man. But even in the midst of that, he had already set a plan in order so he can show his love to us by sending his son. And so, so we got to love just like 
him. We got to demonstrate that same kind of love to each other. And this is what we have to do. We got to have the same quality of love that the Apostle Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. Y'all know about the love chapter. We always like to talk about the love chapter, but it's time for us to stop talking about the love chapter and begin to walk out the love chapter. What does the love chapter say? It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Who keeps no record of wrongs? Uh, and love does not delight in evil. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Look, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That's the love of God. That's the love that we should be modeling. Love never fails. Whoo! See, see, they, these virtues, they're, they're supported by love. And see, so we got to begin to walk worthy uh, of that calling. And if we're walking worthy of that calling, if we're trying to walk in, in, in that unity, then we're going to walk in all these things. We're going to be humble. We're going to be patient. We're going to be gentle, and we show got to be loving. But see, when these virtues are absent, see, when these virtues are absent, we know it. You see it, and you experience it. See, when, you, when these virtues are absent, it's painful. You know there's a missing ingredient. See, it's two paths of unity. There are two paths. One that flows through the virtues that I just talked about, humility, gentleness, patience, love. And there's some that does not. And on this past Wednesday, we witnessed as a nation a walk of unity. It was a walk of unity. See, while these people walk down Pennsylvania Avenue, they were one united group. They met every piece of the definition. They were undivided, and they were walking in oneness. But they weren't walking in the unity that represents the virtues that Paul just finished talking about. They weren't walking in humility and patience, uh, gentleness, and love. How can you tell? How can you tell if it's the right kind or wrong kind of unity? Turn to Psalm 133. And it says this, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard and the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. See, you can tell the right kind of unity from the wrong kind of unity. Because when it's the right kind of unity, there's a goodness and it's pleasant. See, there's goodness and it is Pleasant. Goodness. 
And Pleasant, wait for me to put that slide up, because you need to put this slide up, because I want you to see the visual of what unity, good unity, looks like. Now, the opposite of that is the wrong kind of unity. It breeds fear and dread. See, that's what we saw. The right kind of unity leaves a beautiful, fragrant trail that flows freely. See, we're talking about unifying in a good way. The wrong kind of unity leaves a trail of chaos and destruction. The right kind of unity releases God's eternal blessings and promises for life evermore. Unified, locking arms together for the cause of Christ. But the wrong kind of unity leaves shame, regret, and condemnation. As the body of Christ, I'm urging you with a sense of urgency greater than I can even express out of my mouth that we have got to walk in unity. We have got to walk worthy of the call of Jesus Christ. Worthy of the call of nothing other than Jesus Christ. If you name him as Lord and Savior, he called you. So we got to walk worthy of that calling. Walk in unity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tim, you can come on back and get in place. Before I dismiss today, I want to offer an opportunity for someone that's out there today that you may have found yourself on the wrong side of unity. You may even find yourself on the wrong side of life because you haven't chosen the tree of life. You might be one of those who, 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 who meets this category of, uh, 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 you know, it, 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 Sometimes, you know, what, what seems right to a man, sometimes you think it's right, but it's wrong. There's a way that seems right. But in the end, it leads to destruction. God's way doesn't lead to destruction. His way leads to everlasting life. And if that's you today, I, I want to give you an opportunity to... to, to to have a change. Oh, what a change when Jesus comes in. And if that's you today, if you're in this house today and, and you don't know him, if you're one of those right now that you're in that place where, God, I, I, I know I, I've been doing this thing wrong. And yeah, we all make mistakes. The Bible says we all sin. We all fall, we, we all fall short. And if anybody says they don't have sin, they're alive. And so today I want to give you the opportunity today, some who don't know him, to come to know him. Some who know him and have fallen off to get back on track. And so if that's you today, I want you just to raise your hand and it doesn't, you know, I'm not going to ask you which one because it doesn't matter 
for me because this is about you and God. So if you don't know him today, those of you that are joining us by way of live stream today, if you don't know him, we're going to say this simple prayer. Then we're going to pray a corporate prayer and we're going to dismiss. If you don't know him today and you want to come into knowing him as Lord and Savior, I just want you to repeat this very simple thing. Dear Jesus, I know that you are the Lord and Savior. I'm confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you are the Christ. And because you died and because you got up, I can be saved today. Forgive me of all of my sins and make me that new creation. In Jesus' name. If you made that decision today, and you're online today, I want you to, to let someone know. There are some people right now that are right there waiting to talk to you, to connect with you. All you have to do is let them know how I made that decision today. And they'll connect with you. If you're in the other boat, if you're one of those who, who, who've been walking on the wrong side of the road, maybe you didn't realize it. God wants you to, 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 to get free of it today. And so I'm going to pray a prayer over you today, and I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal. And this is your own confession that you got to make. Now, come on, let's pray. Dear Jesus, I come before you today. I'm already yours, but I made a few mistakes. I made some errors along the way. I may have done it the way you desired. I haven't carried it out all the way that you, God, get glory out of. But Lord, forgive me today and restore me. Restore me. God, don't take away your spirit from me. Restore me today that I can go out and be a light to this world, a light that would dispel darkness and draw men to you. Lord, we thank you right now for all that you've done. I thank you, God, for every soul, God, that's tuning in today, everyone that's here. I thank you, God, for everyone, God, who's making a declaration in their heart, God, Lord, to serve you, to live for you the way you have said, that we're going to walk in the unity, God, that you have created, God, one that represents humility, one that represents, oh God, patience and gentleness, and one that represents love. Not love based on anything other than the love of Jesus Christ, not based on religion, not based on how you look not based on uh, uh, what political affiliation you're with, not based on how you vote, where you live, how you wear your hair. It doesn't matter, but just based on the agape love of God. Lord, we thank you for that right now, and we praise you. We give you glory. We give you the glory, and we give you the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord, a great week in the Lord. Look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening. To connect with us, visit us at Bethelhampton.com and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and be the light.